0: So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Cool. So welcome, everybody, to Sacred Emergence Podcast. I have another special guest for you today, and I'm just so blessed with the people who come on for interviews and as guests. Um, my lovely guest today is Josephine Edmondson, and I just love her to death. She is my yoga teacher, and I was so excited when she said yes to coming on as a guest. Um, and Josephine Joji Joe, <laughs> I'm going to let you say hello before I tell our guests how um, I fell in love with your class and with you. Cool.
1: Um. Well, I'm Josephine, and I'm also in love with Michelle, <laughs> uh, number one yoga student over here. Uh, yeah. Do you want a little bit of my story, or what do you want for an intro? Just um, anything in? in you S- live in
0: Seattle. <laughs> I live
1: in Seattle. I live on Capitol Hill. Uh, I teach yoga full time. And I also am a breathwork facilitator, also a Reiki master. Um,
0: yeah, I love Feeling it. I love it all.
1: My jam.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll share my quick story. So I usually go to um, the yoga studio's Ritual House, and I usually go to the ten o'clock class on a Saturday. Um, but that one morning, I, w- I woke up super early. And I was like, well, I may as well just go to the 8 a.m. And I might have taken your class before. I don't, I don't really. Like, your name was very familiar. Um, and then when I went, you taught a really hard class that morning. And I was like, oh, my God. But it was so good. I felt so alive afterwards. And you have a different breath routine that you take people through. And that was so new. I just loved it. And I was like, she's worth getting up for at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. So, yeah. and I'm like, your classes are full on 8 a.m. Saturday. And then sometimes if I don't make it to 8, I'll go to the 3. And I don't expect a lot of people to be there because it's 3 in the afternoon and it's full. Mm-hmm. So people need to check out your classes if they're in yeah. Seattle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Love so, um, yeah. And I, I just love who you embody. And I think afterwards I asked you, I just had so many questions because then I went to your website and I kind of stopped you a bit.
1: Because <laughs> well, I mean it's always interesting when as a yoga teacher you have yoga teachers in your class because there are certain teachers that are like really great teachers for just you know everyday people and then there are good teachers that are like for the teachers mm. and I find that a lot of the people that end up resonating with my classes are teachers because I do I think I do offer just something different And it's interesting to people that have been doing this practice for a long time. They're kind of like, wait, what, 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 who are you and what are you doing? Because it is such a mixed bag of things. And so, yeah, it was cool to connect with you. And also like, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of teachers end up finding their way to me for some reason.
0: Yeah. And I, um, what was it? I think you, you understood it. You're like, yeah, it's about the magic. It's about mm-hmm. the magic, <laughs> and you are magic. Um, I I think in class, what I so appreciate about you is that you're yourself, and that's I mean I'm so attracted to people who just show up authentically. Um, and you also I think you were seeing how you teach at UW for mm-hmm. um, trauma students, or yeah, mm-hmm. which is incredible work. And so I think you just you're just so talented and gifted. Um,
1: yeah, I definitely, like, am not the teacher that has their shit together, that's for sure. I'm still so confused by life and <laughs> healing so much stuff in my world, and I certainly don't have all of the answers, and so a lot of my classes are about, like, like I taught a class last night where I talked about how much road rage I had on my way to the studio, <laughs> that would be and, me road yeah, rage. Yeah, it's road rage is one of my favorite like topics because it's just crazy how it comes out without me even like n- knowing that it happened. Like I'm in a perfectly like good state of mind and then something happens and I snap and like this dark passenger literally like comes outside of my soul and I turn into this total monster and then after it's done I like don't even associate with it because I'm like, it happened so fast. I don't even know who that person is. And, um, yeah, that happened last night right before I taught and I got to class and I'm just like, now I'm here being all like peace, love yoga teacher, Joe. And like 10 minutes ago I was like screaming and like pounding my wheel and like, I'm not perfect. I'm definitely – I have not mastered my temper. I haven't mastered my anger. Like, I am working through it just like everybody else. Yeah, in real time, right? Like – In real time, yeah. yeah.
0: And I feel really actually relieved to hear that you also have road rage because, oh, man, especially driving around town. It's like – that's when I'm not spiritual.
1: <laughs> yeah, Seattle is just, like, made. Major- to really create road rage culture. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, y'all have a lot of good practice playing with it here.
0: Yes. Um, Are you from
1: Seattle? No, I am originally from Arizona and I've oh. been in Seattle for four years now.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, like, a whole, like, and I read your, um, I yeah, read your about page on your website, so I know like that you study. Very much information. Yeah, I was like, oh, she studied a little bit in India, and she's done breathwork training.
1: Have <laughs> some bad Tinder experiences. Um, yeah, I grew up in Arizona in a really small town that was predominantly Mormon community. Mm-hmm. And I am the youngest of four girls. And like we didn't have a spiritual, religious upbringing really at all. Uh, We just kind of were always encouraged to do what we want, think what we want, investigate what we want. Um, So I just loved watching TV. I loved laughing. I loved playing outside. I loved being with my friends. Um, But I didn't grow up with a lot of like – really firm structure or a lot of rules. It was just kind of, you know, I was the youngest of four. So by the time my parents got to me, they were like, good luck. You got <laughs> <Have it. laughs> fun. Here's some roll ups.
0: Um, uh,
1: yeah. And I was able to like watch whatever I wanted on TV and just, I mean, TV to me is like an interesting thing because like, it taught me so much as a kid about the world, especially growing up in such a small town. Like it was this like exposure to like different cultures and like pain. Like I remember just watching like Dateline and like my favorite shows were like Dateline and Larry King live. Oh my God. Oprah was like, you know, I watched Oprah as like a really small child. And I remember just being like so sensitive to like, Mm all of these stories that were unfolding and um just felt even at a young age just like such a sponge for trauma and without knowing that's what it was but just feeling so tender towards anything bad that was happening in the world even if it was like fictional characters on Young and the Restless I was just like sobbing and so connected to these people and uh yeah, I was just a highly emotional, highly sensitive kid. Um, but also just really curious and, uh, loved to do impersonations and watch Saturday night live and just love to laugh. And, um, and so, yeah, I was like a total clown and a total like crybaby all at the same time. And I didn't really, you know, yoga found me later like i started practicing when i was in college and i remember that it helped me kind of when i was feeling stressed or feeling anxious but i was never going all the time i wasn't super regimented about it it was just it faded in and out of my life Mm -hmm. um and then when i i studied art and art education when i was in college and when I was done, I worked at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Massachusetts, mm. and I worked with a yoga teacher. We developed this after-school program for girls that were considered at-risk, whatever the hell that even means. So I'm oh. like, why is that even a term? But that, we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> Um, so we were with, uh, it was a group of teenage girls and we did this yoga and art curriculum with them where they would come to the museum once a week and do art for an hour and do yoga for an hour. And I just watched these girls like totally transform and Mm. like find confidence and self love through art and through feeling safer in their bodies. Mm. And I like looked at my boss and I was like, I want to be one of these teenage girls. (laughs) They're so inspiring. And she was like, then you should quit and you should go study yoga. And so my bosses at the museum actually drove me, they were like, get in the car. They drove me to Kripalu Yoga Institute, which is the, um, the yoga institute, institute that I lived at for a year and then did my teacher training and lots of studying there so they put me in the car they drove me there and um and that was it wow that (laughs) is
0: incredible
1: and so yeah the two of them Laura and Shannon they were really the people that like without their encouragement I don't think that I would have ever given that career up or Mm -hmm. um like, had the guts to even go to Kripalu. Kripalu is this – I mean, it's like the Hogwarts of yoga. I mean, it's a massive old Jesuit monastery on this hill in Mm. western Massachusetts, and you, like, drive up this super windy road to get there, and it's the only thing there, and then there's this big lake in front of it. But it has this really ominous energy of just, like, oh, shit, like (laughs) – you can't fake that kind of energy. And I remember going there and just being really overwhelmed with um, like, whoa, something really big is going to happen here. And I wasn't sure what. And at that time, like I didn't want to be a yoga teacher. That wasn't on my radar mm. at all. I just wanted to, to learn more about feeling good about myself. Yeah. And that's where it all started.
0: Wow. That's like... there's so much to unpack there (laughs) um so when you were in training um you said you lived there for a year so it was like a in-house training so i
1: was i was at kripalu during a really beautiful time they had this volunteer program where you could volunteer for um four month chunks and like you work at the yoga center and they put you in a specific department and that was your save at work and then in exchange you get to go to free yoga every day you got a certain amount of um teachers that were that were coming through doing programs you got to do a certain amount of those for free and then you got like highly discounted like programs and teacher trainings. And so I was like one of the very last groups that was there as well. I mean, they had this volunteer program for like 30 years or something. Mm. And they ended up getting rid of it a few years after I left. Oh, wow. But for a full year, I, my first SEVA was in the production department. So I would help set up all of the rooms for all the presenters that would come through and I mean I'm talking like every major yoga teacher in the world they go through Kripalu. so it's not like this small town like yoga thing it's like you know Dharma Mitra and Shiva Ray and um you know Gurmukhar Khalsa. it's like and they're all there like at the same time just like teaching their programs and I didn't know much about yoga at the time and so when I showed up and all of these like celebrity yoga teachers were there I didn't even know who they were.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the people that I was volunteering with had been doing yoga forever. This had been like a big goal of theirs for a long time. For me I was like I just did some yoga with some teenagers and thought it was cool um but I didn't know who these people were. And so I would set up these rooms and hundreds of people come for, you know, to work with teachers and I would just help get the rooms ready, fold the blankets, put out the back jacks, get the teacher water, whatever it is. And, um, and then most of the time the teacher would say, why don't you just stay oh, and do yay. the program? Yeah, And so I got to study with like everyone under the sun over that year. I was constantly, every day I was like, learning from a new amazing teacher. And then outside of the teachers that were presenting there, the volunteer program had its own like spiritual path that you were on. So we had teachers teaching us stuff every day and assignments and it was its own whole like life training just to be a volunteer. And so I did production for a while and then I got to work in this area called Veggie Prep So I would cut vegetables all day, um, five days a week. It was really exhausting, hard work. I mean, we're making food for like seven, between four and 700 people a day. Mm. And so there was like 10 of us that would cut vegetables all day long. That was our whole job. We, um, and then I got moved to the bakery and I got to bake and that was really fun. And so, yeah. Those were, I was there for a year and then when my time was up volunteering, you could apply to do the teacher training. And then if you got accepted to the teacher training, you got 90% off. Wow. For your like time over the year that you worked at the yoga center. So I only had to pay like $400. Wow. That's incredible. And at that time in my life, there's no way I could have I could have afforded to pay thousands of dollars for teacher Mm -hmm. training Mm -hmm. so but then I it's really unfortunate because after I left like it went a couple more years and then they stopped doing that program but if it wouldn't have been for those free opportunities I would not have the education that that I have
0: yeah I mean like your classes I don't know I don't know how it would be
1: <laughs> I know because I, I mean I was influenced by so many people during that time.
0: Yeah, and
1: it was before I actually became a yoga teacher that I was soaking in all of that information constantly from all of these different masters, and so my classes are just this combination of all of it. You know, yeah. it's not just one thing. It's like all of these mixed ideas, and then I became a yoga teacher after that, and I had already kind of formed. Like the things that I loved and the things I didn't love, and so it just it worked out pretty cool
0: mm so like after you graduated from the program i'm sh- like you decided you wanted to be a teacher was that pretty or no
1: oh no, i so I graduated from the program, and i you know I'd been living in this bubble mhm. <laughs> Pretty yoga much. Harry Potter bubble <laughs> where like everything you, everywhere you go, everybody's raking their food, <laughs> raking the trees. Um, and like, there's, uh, there's no other way to communicate them through like, like conscious communication. It's like, everyone at Kapala is like, did I hear you say did <laughs> I miss a- anything? A- was that a trigger for you? And so I was in this like total fog when I left. Yeah. And, um, I had fallen in love with someone while I was at Kripalu and I moved to to be with him in Canada. And as soon as I got there, I was just like, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. Like it was a really harsh transition from being at Kripalu, which is just like this mothership of like pillows and pixie dust and so I ended up leaving Canada and I got in my car and I just drove across the country back to Arizona from Toronto and uh was like dealing with heartbreak and leaving my spiritual home and not knowing career-wise like what the hell I was going to do
0: mm-hmm. and
1: just super lost and came back to Arizona and I went back to working in the art world. I went back to um I worked at a community arts center that was on the border of Tucson and, um, Mexico, Nogales, Sonora. And I was there and I was teaching yoga a little bit. Like I would have classes at the park and classes at the museum. And I was also teaching at the juvenile detention center in Tucson. Mm. So that's so I was doing it, but not full time. I was still like very much in the art world. And, um, I didn't, that continued for years, like Mm -hmm. not necessarily in the art world, but I kept transitioning careers and yoga was just a very light side piece. And then eventually years later, I started to teach more and more and more, but it took a lot of time to do that.
0: So, um, Wow, I just love that. I love how it's like all a journey, and um, it sounds like yoga has kind of like this been this thread that was part of your evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Because now you teach full time, but you also offer other modalities. So like just kind of fast forwarding a bit, um, how did breath work come into play? Uh well, I.
1: How did breathwork come into play? So I started teaching full time just within the last two years. So mm-hmm. I haven't been full time that long. Okay. As the last several years have gone on, I've like amped it up a little more and more, more and more and um, more. Breathwork came to me i was i had taught in the prison and juvenile detention system, and then I made my way to eventually working with eating disorder recovery clients and teaching yoga and without population and I noticed uh I had some pretty like <laughs> severe Pain from witnessing all of that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the impact of like a lifetime of just being a really sensitive person and being a sponge to like everything going on around me, and also being the type of person that doesn't like being uncomfortable. And I just want to fix whatever's happening around me, and I don't want anyone to be upset. Um, it was like my whole life of that really like stacked up, and I was in a ton of physical pain. Mm -hmm. And I've had like chronic pain issues since I was in college, but it really came to a tipping point about like three years ago. And I was at that time, I was helping to teach a teacher training, a 200 hour training in Mexico. And one of the people that was also teaching that teacher training, her name's Pepper Monroe. And she was the one that told me about breath work and she was the one who told me about David Elliott, who was her teacher who then became my teacher. And she just knew that like, it was a tool that I really needed to Mm -hmm. get through some really heavy grief and some really thick layers of other people's stuff that I had just let accumulate over inside of me over a lifetime. Mm. And, uh, without knowing too much about breathwork, I started studying with David like online. He has like meditations that you can just purchase off of his website. And so I started like buying, cause he's based out of New Mexico and Los Angeles. So I started buying his meditations and just doing them at home. And there's another breathwork teacher, Erin Telford, who also does this similar stuff on her website. So I started working with both of them just virtually like in where I would just buy their stuff and and listen to it. It wasn't a one-on-one kind of situation or anything like that. And I just noticed like really big things started to change. And and with the, the way not my pain wasn't changing, like my physical pain, but like the way that I was coping with it Mm. started to shift and change and I just started to sleep better and feel better. And I had this place where I could come home, I could lay down, I could turn on one of the meditations and I could really like let some shit go and really feel my feelings and cry and laugh and yell. And I had never really done anything that gave me permission to like have basically like a temper tantrum. Mm. Like, and, and so, yeah, I got into it. Wow. And I, yeah. I ended up doing my breathwork teacher training with David Elliott two years ago, like basically two years ago this month, this week even. Oh, wow. And um, I had a really insane healing experience when I was there um, with a dynamic between me and my dad mm-hmm. that has been like a really big thing um, like teaching and lesson throughout my whole life. And I got so much clarity on like the root of it and how to fix it through one breath work meditation. Wow. Like all of a sudden, like these dots in my brain just connected that had never connected before. And I got so much peace and, um, And after that meditation, I was like, I have to do everything I can to share this with as many people as I can in hopes that maybe they will have one experience that is similar to the one that I just had.
0: Mm. Wow, that is so powerful. And like, because I've attended your breathwork workshop and I I just, yeah, I, well, you know, the, the piece about what you just said about having that temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. it's like it's so healing Mm -hmm. like it is so healing and I it's right like we don't give ourselves permission to go through that Mm -hmm. um and have that space be held and like allowing for that to be and so being in that in that room with like I think there were like at least 30 other people in there but Mm -hmm. all doing it together it was so powerful Yeah. yeah
1: I mean we're just so uncomfortable Watching each other be upset or watching each other cry or watching each other hurt, and Aaron Telford, who's one of my teachers, she's like that's the most it's the most human thing you can do,
0: yeah,
1: is to be in pain and to witness each other in pain and to witness each other in those hard moments, but we are like so far away from being comfortable with it, and breathwork is this amazing invitation to just like be okay with pain and be okay with love and be okay with all of it being like in the same place at the same time and not turning it down not turning it off and it's pretty cool
0: Mm -hmm. I yeah I remember when I was um in that class workshop like what's that word tenny when your hands kind of yeah tenny like I always experienced that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's one of those things where I'm just like this is so awkward and but I think it was in your workshop that I was just I'm just going to continue to breathe through it breathe through it versus other times I would kind of like slow down the breath and go back to normal so it would dissipate but I think it was with that tiny experience and then we started banging on the floor and expressing our angers that it was in that process that it just kind of cleared and that was really cool Mm yeah yeah
1: I mean it's the body does crazy things and there is like the scientific explanation for these occurrences and then there's the energetic explanation for these occurrences and we are so stuck in our brain all the time and we want to know all the scientific evidence and we want to know like all of the ways that this has been proven to work and we want to see all of the data and breathwork throws all of that in the garbage because there's there's not much to say about it. It's like painfully simple to do. And like, it's not something that you can like prove. It's just, it's just a a magical, like it's just a powerful, magical connection to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when people have those experiences, they want answers, you know, why are my hands doing this? And like, why am I shaking? And why am I this? And why am I that? And at first, I would, you know, give them the scientific explanation, like, you know, there's a lot of oxygen in your blood. And, you know, you may be calcium deficient, you may not have enough magnesium or potassium in your blood, and then you're more apt to have tetany. But at the end of the day, like, let go of your damn mind and try to just be with your heart and Mm. most of the time when i watch people with tetany when there's a clenching of the jaw or a clenching of the hands i can see in their face that they are holding back an emotion they are trying to swallow it so hard and the minute that they let themselves laugh really hard or cry really hard or just like express like what is really behind it your hands maybe won't relax right away but that sharpness will start to dissipate and you will start to relax because the hands are a direct connection right to your heart so whatever Mm. is like clenching your heart in my mind it's also clenching in your hands in your jaw it's trying to move
0: so yeah it's pretty crazy Mm. I just, I love all of that. Um, especially like, cause the conversations I've been having is really about getting out of the head and into our body and what you were saying about our hands being connected to our heart. I mean, that's, that's really deep and true. Like I love that.
1: It's true. Yeah. I mean, that is like how, yeah. I mean, that's just a fact.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same tissue that made this is the same tissue, you know, that made these and and I love what you said too about in breath work. There's this moment where you're like, okay, everything's fine. I got this. How hard can it be? Like I'm just breathing. But then you like reach that point where you get to decide, am I going to face this head on and really go into it and, and, and see what is ready to be seen? Or do I turn around mm-hmm. and back out? Right. and to have that courage to keep going. I mean, this is stuff that most of us have been repressing and holding down for our entire life. I've had people that have come to breath work that haven't cried in 40 years. Oh, wow. And finally, when they come to breath work, like they don't turn around when they get to that door and they keep walking through it. And all of a sudden this thing opens inside of them, but it's not easy. You know, those things have stayed hidden inside of us, and that has been a big job to like keep those things from coming up. So, to finally let them out, mm-hmm. I mean, takes a lot of courage and it's not easy, but what's the alternative?
0: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you turn around, it's still gonna pop up, whatever that issue you is, right? Show up
1: in another way, or you're just gonna become more angry, more bitter, more resentful, and like. Most of us have enough of all three of those things to, like, we have enough of that to work through for a long time. So the more we can get rid of it every day, the better. Mm-hmm. And I've had people come to me that they're so afraid of what might come out of them that it that it might just be too overwhelming or that I won't be able to handle holding that kind of space. And it's been a journey to learn how to navigate that and to not take it on. And to let people go where they need to go. But it's the same thing. Like, what's the alternative? Like, if you don't come here and let it out, like, this is a room, you know, where we're locked in this room together. There's like a time limit. You're in a room where everybody's doing the exact same thing. This is the place to do it. Not like when something really, you know, when you're isolated and you're alone and you don't have support, like, do it here. Like, we can take care of you. Um, and then maybe you'll require additional help or maybe it will open your mind to like needing to seek a, you know, seek out a doctor or a therapist or an acupuncturist or something. And that's all okay. I mean, it's all about revealing more and more and more, and we all need support. We all need help. We cannot do all of this on our own or else, I mean, we'll just be running in circles
0: Yeah, I think what you said about, um, just what you said about, we just, we can't do it all alone. Mm -hmm. I think there's this, like, I have to do it all alone. You know, like, it's like asking for help. And I think that the breath work, I mean, we're taking an air twice, right? Like, with the patterns, like, we're receiving twice. Um, So it is, it's asking for help.
1: Well, and when you're in a group like that, you're creating a field of energy. Mm. Whereas if you're doing this work alone, which can be really beneficial and has its own place but when you're in a room of 30 people and you're all breathing with that same pattern you're creating a field of energy and it's like if you've ever seen these experiments where they've taken like grandfather clocks like a bunch of them and put them all in the same room and they're all set for a different time eventually all of those grandfather clocks will link up and be the exact same time Mm. And that is what happens when you're in a group yoga class or you're in a breathwork class. All of your energy is like creating this amazing field to help all of you like be in, you know, on that same path together and you can get so much more done when you're together. And also like to have this permission when you hear someone next to you cry or you hear someone next to you, you know, expressing some sort of emotion and, having that permission, like, oh, like I can do that too. Like it's allowed. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be quiet. I don't have to shut up. Like I can let everyone know that I'm here and that's okay.
0: I love that. And it's almost like with what you just said. It's like, you're taking up space, right? Just by breathing and letting whatever needs to come through. Mm. That is good.
1: Yeah. I got to work this morning. I did a private Group with um, this group of nurses from UW, and they all work in um, like ICU, like super, you know, trauma vibes. And I was so nervous about it because I'm like, how am I going to convince these like nurses who are so like scientific and in their heads to just like let go and to breathe and to cry and to laugh? And um, And it was really easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, they, they they had they had a beautiful they really let themselves go there and I explained you know the same thing that we've been talking about about just like please like get out of your head get into your heart trust that not everything is something that you can think through and like science your way out of like just see what your body wants to do and where it wants to go and It was really fucking cool to see them feel their emotions and to be able to process some of the things that they've seen and some of the things that they felt and to see them like in a little group doing it together, knowing that they had that shared experience, not just with the breath, but like with their everyday work and people that are holding space for that kind of trauma on a daily basis. I'm like, you guys need spaces where you can be deeply, deeply cared for and let it out. And that doesn't exist, like for most people.
0: Yeah, like I see a lot of nurses um, just kind of tired and Mm -hmm. just kind of jaded. So it's just so awesome that they had that experience and that opportunity. Yeah, I was so impressed
1: with them and their ability to trust me and, and see what would happen. And I just like, I think of the work I do you know, working with survivors of trauma and, and I feel like it's, it can be a lot sometimes, but then I think about that kind of work and I just can't even imagine the impact that all of that would have on, on someone's nervous system on a daily basis, you know? And so, yeah, they need more support
0: and love for sure. So on that same note, do you take care of yourself? (laughs) <laughs>
1: I've, I've gotten so much better about it. I um, I mean, for so long, especially living in Seattle, it's just so expensive to even survive here. And as someone who teaches yoga full-time for a while, it was just like I was barely making it work. Mm. I was barely paying my rent and was like going into some debt. And like, it was really tough for a while. It took me... like it took me a full two years to even kind of like get a little bit stable Mm -hmm. so now that I do have like my basic needs met and like things are starting to be much more like fruitful and like work much better for me I, I have been able to like get more help and so I go to acupuncture I have an acupuncturist that I am totally devoted to and I love her so much and I was seeing her once a week, and now I see her, like, once every two or three weeks, depending on how I'm doing. But that's been really healing and good for me. And I also started going to therapy for, like, the first time in my whole life, mm, which awesome. has been really hard for me. Because I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. We <laughs>
0: just breathe let's
1: just breathe it out. I just want to lay down and breathe and listen to music and kick the floor. Like, why isn't this, you know, but I was, I, I think that at different stages of our lives, we require different things. And there are certain things that the breath can get to that nothing else can get to as far as healing is concerned. And there are certain things that like talking and investigating can get to that nothing else can get to. And as as I am to it, I am committed to kind of, you know, seeing seeing what I can uncover. Cause I still have I still have a lot of self-doubt and I still have a lot of like that itty bitty shitty committee that we all have inside yeah. of us. Like yeah. mine has always been like extremely loud and um and in order for me to like show up and teach the way that I want to teach and, and lead the way that I want to lead. Like I really do need to keep trying to love myself mm. and it's sometimes it's still really fucking hard. Um, yeah. So yeah, mm. therapy, breath work, acupuncture, going to hothouse and soaking in the tubs and the sauna and, boxing is amazing and very healing you boxing yeah I started boxing within the last couple of years and I I just realized like I needed an outlet for all my anger
0: oh I love it and,
1: um yeah so I don't go as much as I used to but yeah kicking the shit out of things can be really helpful
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it I mean I, I let to get my nails done I see that in your Insta stories. Yeah. I love
1: to get my nails done. I love to get my bangs trimmed, like all the little things that I don't spend my money on like really huge things, but little things really do help. Keep yeah. Me
0: a little bit happier. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I just love this, the the diversity of things that you do just to take care of yourself. And it could be like therapy to getting a, your bangs trimmed or a haircut. Um yeah, I know for me like part of my self-care is definitely going to yoga. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like with whole expenses and stuff, it's just being mindful of what we can and yeah.
1: So Yeah, and like well, what i like to say too is pay now or pay later. Yes. Totally. So it's totally worth it to take care of yourself and and invest in your well-being so that you can be a better friend, a better partner, a better teacher. I mean, people people can tell when I'm taking care of myself and when I'm not. I've definitely had – I feel like this happens a lot with my teaching, which maybe I shouldn't say, but <laughs> – Sometimes I feel like my students, like, take care of me, mm. they really care to take me, because they can tell when I'm having a hard time, and when I'm struggling, and usually I'm really transparent about it. I'll come to class, and I'll be really straight up with people, like, I'm going through a dark time right now. I'm, 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 I'm in it, and I'll have my students, you know, they'll, like, last week one of my students made me banana bread another student brought me this beautiful bouquet of flowers from her garden and raspberries from her garden and i mean i'll take it yeah that's like <laughs> right. that kind of love
0: mm.
1: yeah so i'm not afraid to say i'm hurting and yeah. and i think i mean as a student myself I like to take care of my teachers. Mm-hmm. You, know, you all, as students, like you're all so wise and so brilliant and so full of like things for me to learn. I learn just as much from you all and get so much from you. So, yeah,
0: yay! Yeah, I um, I I really appreciate you and especially like teachers who are just like just authentically sharing you know like what's going on and still like showing up yeah i think that's um that's that's part of the the magic and the energy of yoga and just being human so and
1: that's all i want from you as a student i just want you to feel like you have a place to go where you can just be yourself and you can and you can move in a way that serves you and you can lay down and you can cry if you need to, or you can move a million miles a minute if you need to. But if I don't show up like that, then I can't expect you guys to. So Mm -hmm. just creating a space where people can be themselves is, you know, all I want.
0: Yay. Put a pin on that one. Put a pin on it. Man, I can talk to you forever. Yeah, we'll do the 24-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what about keeping these 30 minutes? I don't know. <laughs> you can always do more. Yes. Well, we'll definitely have to have you back. Um, For sure. Yeah. Um, well, how can people find out about you? And Because you offer retreats and so people don't have to be limited to Seattle area. Yeah,
1: I've been, uh, I am mostly Seattle based and you can find all my classes and workshops on my website, which is just my name, JosephineEdwin.com. Um, also Instagram is a good way to connect with me. My handle is Joji, J-O-J-I-E, Jewels. And then I, uh... I'm at University of Washington, so if you're a student there or a faculty member and you are recovering from trauma and that sort of thing, I'd love to have you in my class. We have free six-week-long courses each quarter. And so if you're ever interested in taking one of those or know someone who might be, you can always send them or yourself my way. I teach um, in August. I'm co-leading a Reiki 1 training with Matt Drews in Paul's bow, which is going to be amazing. It's going to be a two night long little Reiki retreat, magic time. And, uh, I'll be in New York for most of July. So I'll be teaching a little bit out there so you can find all of that on my website. And then every now and again, amazing teachers ask me to go on retreats with them. I've never had to organize any of them on my own. Um, <gasps> Perfect. But every now and again people will be like, Joe, will you come add your flavor to my retreat? And I always say yes, because <laughs> why wouldn't I? And so that can always be found on my website. I don't have any of those coming up, but um, but yeah. And I also teach at Ritual House, which is amazing on Capitol Hill. All the teachers there are stellar and totally different from one another. And then I teach at Sangha and Queen Anne, which is also just a beautiful, magical so loved space Mm. come and be with me
0: yeah everyone needs to take a class breath work just be in joe's energy for sure
1: yes come get on that magic carpet
0: (laughs) all right well thank you so much for joining um for being part of uh this interview this podcast and uh, for those of you who are listening definitely check out uh josephine's website is josephine and i'll put links to um all of her her social media stuff on there as well um yeah and feel free to share this episode with people um subscribe rate and review would love that and thank you so much joe it's been a pleasure as always
1: and you're amazing and i can't wait for you to come to class hopefully on saturday
0: yay so real woohoo all right have a good one you too thank you michelle Mwah. thank you for listening to the sacred emergence podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit until next time